that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth, and you brought it out here and actually played with it, and actually played with it? Yeah! Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth? I was gonna bring it back, but it was signed by Babe Ruth! Yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? We'll keep it right here, because today is your lucky day. The Sultan of Clouds! King of Crap! The Colossus of Clouds! The Colossus of Clouds! It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery and Huggins and Scott Auctions. The Great Bambino! Happy Saturday morning. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer Tyler Aki. We're on every Saturday morning from 7 to 8 talking about Sports collectibles, some of the things that are running in the Huggins and Scott summer auction that people have brought in already, some of the ended items in their March auction, Uh, people that can tweet me pictures of items, Tom is my Twitter ID, get a lot of things, and then I'll talk about some of the things that people have brought in during the week and called me about, all kinds of stuff. We got... We have a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, Vince is busy with work again, so he can't make it today. So, Bill, it looks like it's you, me, and Tyler for the first segment. Ah, we can handle it. We'll handle it. Yes, we will. And then at 7.20, John Drummond and Nancy Huggins will join us for story time and then this week's version of Which Ended Higher. And Vince is going to miss out. I'm going to have to give Vince a thing next week where he gets a free bonus guess or something. Because I have two items that are the same price that are the highest. So two people have a chance to win this week. And then I've got a a good bonus question, too, that uh, one of our listeners who said he's a... Friend who I've never met because he listens to the show. That is kind of the way it feels like when people come in. It's like, you know, we know each other already because they listen to the show. But he has a really good bonus question that I'll wait till Nancy and uh, John Drummond are on to ask this one. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun show. Now, let's see. We've been getting getting quite a bit of stuff in today or this week. I went to... uh two people's house on the same day and got two 51 Bowman mantles and a 52 tops mantle, plus a lot of other stuff from just guys calling up and saying, come get it, you know? Yeah, boy, it's really something. There's been a lot of calls here too that, uh, that people have brought in. Zachary tweeted me a picture last week that I couldn't get to that. I wanted to get to, he has a Tim Duncan, 1997 scoreboard, autograph card number 150 of 300 tim duncan's a really tough autograph he had some early tops autographs and the scoreboard thing but he hasn't signed much i i ended up buying a tim duncan larry johnson tops dual autograph card for my nba top 100 player thing because i i just wanted i i always Larry Johnson isn't good enough to be in the top 100, but he was really good, and I always liked him. So I thought that's not a bad combo. So I do have one, but I saw that his was number 150 of 300, number 218 of 300, ungraded, sold on eBay for 730 in February. If I were him, I'd want to get that one 
graded and authenticated just to make sure that scoreboard autograph is legit. I'm pretty sure it is. But wait now, don't be sending stuff like that into PSA and getting charged $300 for it or something. Wait till all the grading stuff settles down. Just the biggies go into PSA right now, don't you think, Bill? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I don't know what their, uh, you know, we all know about their card grading thing. I'm just not sure what their status is on autographs if people send those in, if those are, if they're taking submissions for that or not. I mean, I know that's a whole different division of their company is the autograph division the guys who do that really are not the card graders so yeah i was wondering the same thing uh, uh, like let's say somebody had a type one photo that they want to send in are they going to be doing that maybe i'll try to contact them this week and see if i can find out anything about that and then talk about it next week on the yeah, show it may just see the card grading aspect of their company yeah. that's overwhelmed right now you know and yeah the other stuff is business as usual hopefully you know, even CSG, which I had been talking about on the show, they just started taking in cards in February. They're already backed up now, because, and they actually already did a price increase. It's not as bad as the SGC or, or certainly not what the PSA is. But they even raised theirs, and they're backed up like a month or so before they can even log their stuff in. So there's a ton of cards out there in flooding the system unless you have something you have for whatever reason you need to get it graded right away it's a big monster card that you want to sell it's worth spending more to get it back fast just wait until this all kind of settles down to send your graded cards where, where in. is that new company located huh? csg you know? well it's in it's in florida they're part of you know about cgc yeah so, the comic people yeah, the guys who have graded comics, magazines, coins, and stamps for years started grading sport cards in February. And they have a really nice system where you can even get the subgrades like uh, Beckett has if, if you want them for an extra $10, I think it is. And real oh, nice okay. holders. It, it, they're actually, I, I got a, quite a few graded by them. I'm going to use them for newer stuff. I think for the vintage, I'm either going to use SGC or, or PSA just because, I don't know, I think I like them for that. But for the newer stuff, I'm using them from now on. I, I like them a lot, actually. But I'm not sending any more now. Already? I got, well, I sent, I, I was watching them in advance, so I sent like 80 cards in the second day. The day after they announced they're taking in submissions, I sent them something like 80 cards and I got them back within a month, but now oh, I wow. sent them another, I sent them another 70 and, and they got them, I think on April 8th and they haven't even, they got there. You can see from tracking, but they haven't even logged them in or, or anything oh, yet. So now, and, and from what you read on their boards and everything, everybody's waiting already now, unless you have something there, that's like an express, you're going to have to wait for them to look at it already and i guess they've already hired like 70 new graders or something they they said on their thing but they're ah. they're bombarded with things now if you have stuff that's already graded you're good things are selling like there's some basketball items in for the summer huggins and scott auction there's a michael jordan psa 5.5 Fleer rookie 
$1,200 minimum bid. There's some Kobe stuff, a Kobe Hoops Rookie PSA 9. That, you know, already graded stuff you can still send in to Huggins and Scott, and they can auction it for you if you want. Yeah, I'll tell you, or Tom, it, Tom we, we, we got probably another six graded Jordan rookies in this week. Wow, you're <laughs> kidding. Randy says Man. we could have 20. We could have 20 or more. We may have every grade. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, they, Take some of them. Seem... Through, I don't know if we have a ten yet, but I think we have one through nine covered. Wow, some of those have actually leveled off on eBay recently. I, I know a couple of the nines sold on uh, over the weekend at at less than they had, like in the twenty seven thousand to thirty thousand dollar range, which is still a ton. But they had spiked so high there for a while. It was like, it was crazy money for some of that stuff. But meanwhile, I, I saw that uh, there's also some of some of the stuff that you sent out for things that I sent in to get graded a couple months ago came back. Uh, let's see, what was it now? There was a... Uh, all those Hank Green- I think, came back. Yeah, they're all back. The Gehrig's back, but also there were four or five more, like a, a Hank Greenberg 1934 Gaudi got a four, and a Jim Thorpe Sport Kings a three. I'm going to talk more about Greenberg and that card when John Drummond's on, maybe, and, and see. I, I bet John Drummond remembers seeing him play. I did something on the stats of him. That guy was was really good. I mean, he was a, he was a bigger, big-time power hitter, bigger than... I even uh, realized, I knew he was a Hall of Famer, but he was big time. Well, I, I think when, when, for a long time, he was the number two home run yeah. totals of the season, wasn't he? Behind Ruth, yeah. he had like 58 or something? 58 or? he had, yeah. And he yeah. had to miss, I think he missed 47 months because of World War II service, which really cut into his lifetime totals. But wait till you hear his uh, his 162 game averages. He was big time. Now the numbers three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to call with an item, we have Ryan from Hobart, Indiana, on the line. What's up, Ryan? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are you guys Hi. today? Welcome to the show. What's up? I found yesterday. My wife and I go thrifting, and I found a 1983 top set at Baseball. one of the. Yes, one of the Goodwill mm. stores. Okay. And when I tell you, gentlemen, that this set looks like it has not been opened or looked at or played with in about the last 30 years. Every card looks like it is in mint condition. What is something – should I get every card graded or just no. the three cards? I, I would get the the rookies graded if their centering's good, too, if they're sharp and the centering's good, but not right now. Wait until – uh, especially if you want PSA to do it, you don't want PSA to grade, you know, the Ryan Sandberg rookie because they're the minimum charge per card for PSA right now is three hundred dollars. So, see, I, would I just, don't know how do you do that. How do you go about getting them graded? I've never done that. Well, what you're going to need to do go to the websites for PSA, SGC, BGS, and now CSG and look at what they're doing right now. And you'll okay. see that the, the price per card is really high on those. Uh, I, so for me, uh, maybe the rookies you could send to CSG right now and do it on a on a slower thing, and it's not going to be all that expensive. But 
other than that, I would if you want to use PSA, you have to wait on them. You can't most pay of that the time money. though, Tom, doesn't don't you have to kinda join a club with each of those grading companies and for a like ninety nine dollars you get like ten submissions or something like that? Yeah, they had I, when I signed up for CSG, I knew I was gonna be sending them something. I think it was a it might have even been was it two hundred ninety nine maybe, but I was sending in enough cards. You got a ten percent off, and you got some other stuff that I knew it was going to end up saving me money by signing up for that. So it's not a it bad was, idea, Ryan, oh, to kind of put together a get start putting together a group of things you might want to get graded and try to get at least ten to twenty or so for whatever you do decide to do. It usually helps to do do it that way. Okay, and the other thing is inside the box, because it looked like this guy either put bought a you know, a box of cards or a case and put the set together himself. It was stamped inside the box, Beulah Sports out of Wheatfield, uh, Illinois. Do you know that guy or that company? No, or that, that really doesn't company? that doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's just probably whoever put together the set, but that that's probably sure. just somebody that hand collated a set. All that really matters is how nice a condition the key cards are, and and but it's a good set. I mean that that was when they they had already begun kind of doing a, a, a heavy production print runs, but I mean even some of that eighty eighties tops baseball stuff is getting better now in high grade. I mean there's some nice sets there. They just made so many of them. It, it's and and it costs so much to get them graded. I wouldn't be doing a you know like doing the whole set but if they're perfect i mean you could do them a few at a time down the road just for fun if that's what you wanted to do thanks for the call it would help increase the set value if if they were all graded because well yeah there's a nine let's say you had nines or tens on the whole thing it would for sure improve the value of the set quite a bit but it would also cost you a lot you kind of have to weigh that those factors i understand thank you guys so much and i love listening to you guys this show thank you great thanks for listening ryan and thanks for the call so you kind of agree with what i was saying there bill oh absolutely i mean you know although guy you you know as well as i do an 83 set right now gosh you need you need tens on anything to really make it worth your while yeah you really do I mean, if if and, you're and pay, getting if, tens, yeah, getting tens is tough. <laughs> if you do the bulk rate with like CSG, I think they still have an eight or ten dollar per card. And but yeah, I think a lot of people think a lot of the newer people to the hobby think they get a ten if they just open a card out of a pack. Nah. It's going to get a ten, and that's just not the case. And if yeah. it was, I mean, what, do you, what do you? I wonder what a PSA ten eighty three set would sell for. I bet it would sell for a lot, actually, if they were all Yeah, tens. but I, I'll bet you there are certain cards based on how they were cut on the sheet. Yeah. That would be very almost impossible tens. I, that's a, that's exactly right. Even in I don't the know which numbers they are. You'd have to look at the uncut sheets and see where some of these positions right. are. You know. Even an 88 top set. I, actually, I kind of like those cards, but that was like, I, they must have made millions of those. But even that one in a PSA 10, if they were all PSA 10s, I think they'd sell for a lot. But what would it cost you, you oh, know, to God. get all those? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you'd have to do the bulk thing. And I know CSG still has a bulk. PSA will probably start doing a bulk. But 
if it's $8 a card and they all look really good centering and really perfect and you have a little extra money and you want to see what that's you like get. Eight, that's like eight grand to get the set graded. <laughs> I know. Think about it. It's all, yeah. And that's, yeah. I, you know, what, what would it actually sell for? You got to have some extra money and really like it. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> now, speaking of things that I, that I don't know if they're worth it or not, I think, Tyler, I don't know if you heard this or not, but somebody called me yesterday and said they mentioned my name on Cap and Hoodie's show. And I think what they were talking about was, I don't know, Bill, did you see the video of the guy that was eating like nachos or something and the left field bleachers at some game and there's a home run and his mate, he went like jumping for the home run ball. His nachos went flying. He tripped over the stands, fell a couple of rows in the bleachers over the seats. And then somebody else ended up with the ball and they said, cap and hoodie i don't know who said it but I, apparently they said i don't think tom morgan would even be able to get that ball because honestly what from i don't know if they've changed this but i doubt they have a few years ago we had the authenticator from mlb on the show and he was saying whenever a baseball makes it into the stands they don't authenticate those because they don't know if somebody switched up a ball or not the only right. ones they that have they to keep an eye on it the whole time. Yeah. Does, you know? Yeah. So pretty much it's the ones that stay on the field. Like a, let's say somebody gets their first lifetime hit or their three, 3000 hit. Even sometimes I think what they'll do, like, let's say somebody's coming up to their 3000th hit or their uh, 700th home run or whatever. I think they have baseballs that are already pre-stamped that they use when that guy comes up in case and then you can do it. But that would be about the only time you could do it. So, yeah, I wouldn't want that ball because you can't prove that's the ball. Now, if it had nacho right. stain, <laughs> if there were nachos embedded it and cheese all over, maybe. But that, I still think that wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, that, you should have seen this poor guy. And then he went back to his kid, and his kid was all sad that he didn't get the ball. Plus, they didn't have their nachos anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah, another thing I sent in this week, uh, one of our listeners had a nice collection of comic books uh, he had. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, I tweeted a picture of him, if, if you want to see it, a couple of days ago. Uh, he had uh, Captain America. They were nice. They were mainly from the, the late 60s. Hulk, you know, all, he had some, some big ones in there. So it'll be interesting to see what... Uh, how Americana Steve handles that and, and what he does with them. Well, we're already up uh, up in time now for the first break. Yeah, you're right, Bill. That went fast. <laughs> that, we're we're going to be joined after the break by John Drummond and Nancy Huggins for story time and then which ended higher. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer Tyler Aki. Vince couldn't make it this week. He's busy with work at ERC. They're they're really getting. They are really doing some business there at ERC Delivery on Demand Delivery. 
But we're joined now by John Drummond and Nancy Huggins for John Drummond's story time. And then which ended higher? Plus, we have a bonus question for you guys. So how is Uh everybody? Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. You ready to go, John? I'm ready for combat at any time. Okay. I'm going Do to take to... a sidebar here for a minute because you, brought, and rightfully so, you brought up Hank Greenberg with 47 months in the service. Yeah. If I recall correctly, I think he was the first guy in the American League to get into the Army back in 41. Well, he's name player. And the first guy in the majors was a guy named yeah. Hinoiz Mulcahy, I think, from the Phillies. But my point is, Greenberg was in his prime. And, he, and his records in home runs and RBIs and everything would have been a lot different had he been able to play those four seasons. I think he came back at the end. I think he may have even played in the World Series against the Cubs. But uh, he, he did. Still, he still had. To, he almost was wearing khakis at that time. But he, yeah. But a lot of people forget about him. why they did this. I'll never know. The, the Tigers apparently felt he might be over the hill, and they traded him to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh had a guy named Ralph Kiner, who was also a home run hitter. And Greenberg, they're doing that primarily to bring in some fans to Forbes Field. So what they did, they brought in the fences at Forbes Field. You know what they called them there? Greenberg Gardens is what they were called. <laughs> but anyway, and, and another local angle, if I recall, also that Greenberg had a piece of the White Sox at one yes. time. Yeah, I yeah. think in 59 he did, when Green, When uh, he came over from Cleveland is when uh, Vec bought him, right. Well, all right, let's go to the matter at time, and uh, we talked about this before. We we're going to mention Heisman Award winners. We've got the draft this weekend, and so many Heisman Award winners go very, very high in the draft, as did Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, as you recall, last year, and starred. He wasn't a bust with Spengles. He got Devontae Smith this year from Alabama who is a wide receiver who is going to probably go very, very quick, quickly as well. But there have been busts. There have been successes. And interesting to look at the Heisman Award. I think there's been about four. Every one of them has been a quarterback or a running back, with the exception of Leon Hart, a guy named Larry Kelly back in the Yale days, and, of course, Tim Brown and, and, and Smith. Just think of that. I think only four individuals who won Heisman Awards have been, have been either ends or interior linemen. Well, there's never been an interior lineman on it. But when Heisman first came out, so many of those guys in those days didn't go in the pros. The NFL was not that big that time. Although Tom Harmon was drafted number one by the Bears, number one pick in the whole draft, Heisman Award winner from Michigan. And unfortunately for Tom, you could say, well, he was a bust, but he was not really. He was joined the Army Air Corps. He was shot down, even not shot down. He had two plane crashes he survived with, but his legs wow. were never the same, and they traded uh. him to uh, to the Eagles, I remember, uh, as you were, uh, to the Rams. Uh, he had a rather mediocre career for a couple of years. But uh, one other point about Harmon that I wish more people could see, to me the funniest thing I've ever seen on video on a, in a football pro or college was a 1940 game between California's Bears and the Michigan Wolverines. used to see this in the newsreels all the time. That uh, was a kickoff to Harmon. California kicked off to Harmon on the two-yard line. He brings it down the field. All of a sudden, I've never seen this before, a heavy-set guy like a tubelard with a bald head comes running out on the field and tries to tackle Harmon. And Harmon <laughs> stiff-arms the guy, and he gets the turf fast. I've seen players do that, lose their head and do it, but I've never seen a, a fan come out of the stands as he did that. It's, it's a, whatever, that's a classic, and whoever has the film right just use that more often. I think the fans <laughs> yeah, get a kick I've never seen that one. That's one to look up. But that, look that up sometime, and I'm telling you, you'll enjoy 
played immensely. <laughs> but very quickly, look at the, those Heisman guys. Most of them have not been busts. Herschel Walkers, the O.J. Uh, Simpsons, the Roger Staubachs, they've really done well. But there's been some big busts, too. What about the recent guys? How about Johnny Manziel? I don't think he would have gotten the mustard in the pros. And Griffin, the quarterback that was highly touted from Baylor. Yeah. No, and then you go back, Gino Toretti, you got John Hewitt of Notre Dame. You can go through hundreds of these guys that just did not uh, did not make it. So it's not a guarantee that you're the Heisman Award winner, that you may get drafted high, but you may not do so well in the gridiron when that season starts. And you can think of other guys, Gary Beban, the UCLA, all of them. You, you can mention probably nine, at least 10, 12 or 13 of these guys compared to what there's a Staubach and there's a, a Alan Amici and uh, and Horning, who did very well, by the way, of course, when he was drafted, he was a Heisman Award winner and so on. So it really wasn't until the late 40s when um, Leon Hart, who was an end from Notre Dame, and Doak Walker from SMU were, were drafted that the, the Heisman Award winners really started cutting the mustard with the National Football League. And from that point on, of course, a Heisman Award winner was usually a very, very high draft choice. But that's not a certainty. It does not mean that he's uh, automatically going to be in. And uh, perform like they're supposed to do because sometimes they get bu- their busts like anybody else. That is well, true. You know, John, uh, if, if, another thing that goes along with that is if you're a high draft pick by the Washington Redskins or football team, you have no shot of ever being good. So <laughs> maybe I did. Well, it's <laughs> a Well, I know Sammy Ball did pretty well. I think Sammy Ball did pretty well, but that's going work. back a few years. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably have to do, go back a ways. All right, well, let's get to which ended higher because we've got uh, potential for a double winner today. Ooh. Now, since visit, since visit, Vince is not here. I have five things here, but since there could be two winners, we're not going to subtract any of them. We're going to have five things. Nancy Huggins, you here with us? I like that. Yes, I am. I do have a question, though. Uh, okay. Wasn't, wasn't Ralph Kinder, wasn't he a, a sportscaster as well? Yes, yes. he was. He, I think he did the New York Mets games, and he also made more famous for marrying, for marrying a very good tennis player. woman tennis player was excellent. Uh, oh, really? Nancy Chaffee, I think, was her name. Yeah. Okay. So that's probably why I know the name, because when I was a kid growing up, it, we would go see the St. Louis Cardinals uh, play the Mets. So that's probably why I know the name that way. Thank you. Well, she's All right. the ball, as yes. usual, by the way. Yes, as the usual is right. She's also tied for the lead. So. Yeah, I don't know. You don't need to mention that. All right. Uh, okay, so we have the witch ended higher and then followed by a bonus question. So let's get right to it here. We've got first item, 1964 Philadelphia football unopened cello pack PSA 9. They had the potential for John Mackey and Merlin Olson rookie cards. 1964 Tops Beatles Color Cello Pack with number one, Meet John Lemon, Lemon, Lennon <laughs> on the back. PSA 7 on that pack. Third item, 1964 Tops Al Kaline card number 250 graded a PSA 9. Now, this is a 1964. His rookie was 1954, so it's 10 years in. Next item, August 30th, 1964, Beatles Atlantic City Convention Hall Concert Unused Full Ticket. And the fifth item, 1964-67, to 67, Brooks Robinson Game Used H&B Bat Graded PSA DNA 8.5. 
So let's see. The three of you are tied for first. So let's have let's have Tyler go first this week. Ah, good. All right. I will go with the Brooks Robinson bat. Brooks Robinson bat for Tyler. Let's go with Nancy. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Tyler on the Brooks. A double up on the okay on the Brooks Robinson bat, and then John Drummond. Let's call it a three bagger because uh, if it wasn't if it was just a card or anything like that, but a bat, I think that's uh, that's that, that's extra bonuses there. So I think I would go also with Brooks Robinson, Ooh. despite despite the fact the Beatles are awfully strong. But I'm I'm going to go with the bat. I have to go with the bat. Risking the negative two, and John Drummond goes with the bat, and everyone is correct. Ah. It, it was one of the two. <laughs> It was one of the two items. Poor Vince, he's he's getting killed here, and the, and then there's a bonus question too. All right, the uh, Brooks Robinson and the Philadelphia Football unopened cello packs each went for a high bid at twelve hundred dollars. The K Line card a thousand. The Beatles concert tickets seven seven five, and meet John Lemon, John Lemon, John Lennon. On back pack PSA seven four hundred seventy five dollars. So everybody picks up a point. Ah. And now the bonus question. Oh. This is from a caller. He called me up. He's called a couple of times. He's a really good guy. Listens all the time to the show. And he said to just say he's a friend that we've never met because he feels like he's friends with all of us. <laughs> and here's here's the the quiz. And I don't know, you'll have to, if anybody can come up with it really fast, name five pitchers who faced Roger Maris and Mark McGuire. Oh, boy, that's dirty pool. It's a tough one. Okay, anybody Anybody want to answer real quick? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think Bill can. Bill, do you think you have it? Tyler, do you know? Well, that's before I was born. Nolan Ryan. That's one. Tom Seaver? No. no. I think I guessed him, too. I did the guess. Uh, here's one that I guessed. Don Sutton. The Necro brothers, both Phil and Joe Necro. Oh, you and got the me. One, okay, yeah. I remember the, the one I never would have gotten, I didn't no. think he pitched long enough to face McGuire, was Tommy John. I didn't even realize no. that he, he went that long into the late 80s. He might have even given up like McGuire's first homer or something like that. But those are the five, Sutton, Ryan, Tommy John, and the Necro brothers. So that's it. Well, at least Vince doesn't lose a bonus point to everybody. Thank you guys for that. I don't either. <laughs> that's a pretty good question, though. Oh, gosh, it, yes. That's a toughie. Yeah. I mean, who would have even thought it? I think my first guess was Fergie Jenkins, but. He never, I think he went out a little earlier than that. That was that. So Nancy Huggins, thanks for joining us again. And you're once again, the three of you are still tied for first this time with four rather than three. So very good. Thank you. Okay. Now here's another thing about Hank Greenberg that uh, I just wanted to add his 162 game average 313 batting average, 38 homers, 148 RBIs, 412 on base percentage. 
122 runs, 44 doubles, eight triples, and a 159 OPS plus. So that's pretty cool. But I want to get to this before the break. Now I tweeted this. Frank stopped by this week with uh, uh, some items from the fifties that I sent into Huggins and Scott, a real cool autographed book with head guys like Ted Williams, Nelson Fox, Musial, Mantle, Stangle, Gabby Hartnett. He also had a ball signed by Yankees and White Sox. But the thing I tweeted, he had, okay, you know the famous where they raised the flag at Iwo Jima, that famous picture? Yes, that's shot by Rosenthal, yes. Okay, well, he had a a full-color, newsprint-style page uh, showing raising of the flag on Iwo Jima from back in the time plus a group of Iwo Jima three-cent stamps all signed by John Bradley. Bradley raised the first flag on Iwo Jima, and up to 2016, it was thought he was in that second photo, but it turns out he wasn't. He was. They, they did a second raising with a bigger flag, and that's the one they took the photo of. Yeah, that was staged. So, That's correct. That was the second one. They asked so him to, to me, I to me in my mind that in some ways almost makes him more famous to me because he was there for the first one and then kind of got aced out of the second one. So I don't know what what uh, and and one other addition to that, um, who is somebody on Twitter sent me a thing that his okay John A B said his father was about 700 yards from this flag being raised. I mean, that's something. And and this, so Bill Huggins, what do you think now? Is there value to the John Bradley signature? He was a, a decorated Marine. He was there for the first raising. Do you think, you, is that something you're going to want to run those signed stamps? I think they're really cool, but what do you think value-wise and should you run it? Boy, I'll tell you, I I would have to have my research staff do a little digging on it. I mean, a lot would depend on if they can find any any others that were have have ever sold. If not, and I'm almost thinking when he died versus how rare his signature is and stuff like that would all go into factoring in value and everything like that. But I would certainly, I mean, with the 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 whole history behind that, I if he's ever if he's interested in including it in our auction and bringing it into you. Absolutely. Send it it's to already, the guys to do some. It already got okay. sent along with his autograph book and the ball, because I thought this oh, okay. was too, I thought this was too cool with the story included to me, that could do very well, maybe not, but I just think the cool factor, I thought I'm sending it along and, and let you guys decide. But I think that would be a good one to run. No, sometimes, sometimes the cool factor is a cha-ching, you know? Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) Okay. Well, John Drummond, now you're going to hang on with us through the end. We're coming up to the short break here. Sure. Well, one quick point. There's a guy that from Chicago, that won a medal of honor, uh, Iwo Jima, I think the only one was a guy named oh. McCarthy who was with the, the fire department, and you used to see him in the in always a parade. He would lead the parade with a flag, oh. and he he won. He was a captain of the Marine Corps. He was he won a uh, he won a Medal of Honor for what he did at Iwo Jima from Chicago. Yeah, very cool. Okay, well, it's time for a short break. The numbers three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're on till late. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to sports collecting with Tom Morgan. 
Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer, Tyler Aki. Vince is busy at ERC Delivery this week. Couldn't make the show, but John Huggins is staying on till, or John Drummond is staying on till the end with us. Thanks, John, for staying with us. Now, we've had some listeners sending some really cool stuff here. This one is unbelievable here. Bill Huggins, you know about this one, and and John Drummond has already given some background on this guy. John said, my mom got this signed at a sports banquet in Marion, Iowa, 1940 football basketball banquet signed at the top by Niall Kinnick. Oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) We know that's a valuable one that, that it was a beautiful cut signature we sent in for the March auction that got uh, authenticated and graded an eight by JSA, and that went for $6,300. So you're probably, this looks like a pretty bold signature there. So that's probably somewhere in that range. Do you think being on a banquet helps or hurts, or is it just the condition of the signature that's big, Bill? What do you think on that one? I think the condition of the signature is probably the number one thing to value but it was the banquet in his honor of any sort or was he just an attendee or do you it just says the uh it's a it's hard to read what the football banquet was for but it looks like a picture of him on the front american legion football what, basketball what year was it banquet. tom that the, the banquet was it, it was uh february 28th 1940 so maybe it was so right when he already he won the Heisman Award at that point. Oh yeah, he, last year was thirty nine. So yeah, yeah. And so when that, did he die? He died 42. in a plane crash in nineteen forty three when he was in the Navy. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. He was doing that the, increased his value. I hate to use that word, but he became a legend. I think partly because of that. Yeah, and then he oh, obviously gosh, there's you know John. I, I I tell all my consigners that. You know, your value in autographs is in dead people, and the dead are the better. I hate to say as far that, as, yeah. yeah, when they <laughs> when they do die younger like that, too, I mean, because there's not as many signatures around. And the no. story, dying basically a hero like that, that all goes with it. That's one of the reasons that Roberto Clemente's signatures are so valuable compared to other uh, superstar players that played with them because he passed away early in the plane crash. He was a hero. Uh, you know the whole deal; it all adds to it, and it's and supply and demand is the overall thing. So. Well, there's contemporary Tom Harmon won in '40, but the reason I bring that up now, and he was, I've, they even made a movie of him, by the way. The Heisman Award winners in those days, Bruce Smith of Minnesota, called a film came out, Smith of Minnesota. Harmon made one too. They were B movies, but they were bigger stars, I think, then than even now. My point, bringing up Harmon and his value, his son, of course, is the uh, movie star. It's in that uh, has that t- now, of course, is in oh, that TV show. Mark Harmon has a TV. Yeah. TV yeah. show, right? He's been on a, on that film as a crime fighter, right? And I was wondering how that increased Tom Harmon's value or not. I didn't even realize that was his son. It that sure that is. would be that would be cool if there was something double signed by the two of those guys, don't you think, Bill? I think that would be a yeah. No, I mean, gosh, his his son has certainly made a name for himself on that NCIS program, right? And, you know, yeah. Now here's some other things that people tweeted to me. Bill tried this one last week and trying again. He's had uh, five single-signed baseballs. It was, I think, let's see, Gary Carter, uh, Ernie Banks, Santo, 
Tony Gwynn and Bob Gibson and Hall of Famers. He's saying that since they've passed away, does that help the value of them? I, I think of those guys, they signed a lot, like especially Banks and Santo. Gibson signed pretty many. Yeah. Probably Carter and Gwynn passed away a little younger and weren't able oh, to yeah. sign Tony as much. Gwynn's by far, Tony Gwynn's by far the most valuable of that group. Really yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and once again, he didn't have a chance to sign as much. But that group is still, that's a good group. Any Hall of Fame single sign baseballs are good to have. But the more that they sign, they can be big name players. Like Bob Feller was one of the best pitchers ever. Yes. But he signed so much stuff. Pete Rose signed so much stuff. They their signatures just aren't worth as much if they if they sign too many things. Now here's a couple other things that people sent to me here. Oh, John has a has a picture he tweeted to my attention. His father was on Iwo Jima. He was honored at a Cubs game several years ago. He passed uh, this last fall, and they have a picture of him. It looks like up on the scoreboard at Wrigley, uh, you know, where he was on the field. So that's uh-huh. pretty neat. And then uh, here's one, a Bill Murray autograph. He got it in person. Rob Shaggy got this one. The opening day where he threw out the first pitch and ran the bases and slid into home. That's pretty good with the Ghostbusters. I would think that's probably 50 to 100, something like that. A Bill Murray signed Ghostbusters poster. And and John says this question. He has a Bird Magic rookie that's about 80 to 20 right to left. It's sharp corners and a nice 58 mantle. Are these worth grading? They are for sure worth grading. I don't know about right now is all. But at some point, you know, if those cards are nice, especially the Bird Magic rookie, I mean, yeah, that's really doing well. If everything is really sharp with that and slightly off center, you might even want to do that right now at the prices that they are if you're thinking of selling it right now. But uh, some of the other guys. Yeah, boy, you know, I wonder what a Bird Magic Irving – Rookie card autographed by the three of them would get. Yeah, that would be that would be something. That there's would a, be. You know, a question for you guys. It is, the signatures would be tough to. Yeah, they'd be tough to authenticate because they'd have to modify their signature a little bit in order to squeeze it into that small space. You know. Yeah, that would be neat though. They're all still alive. That those are three guys. I, I've actually been hanging on to a lot of bird magic stuff specifically i think their stuff is kind of undervalued as for how great they were they kind of got you know the 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 greatness of jordan kind of dwarfed a little bit what they did but those guys man in the 80s those they had some series uh those playoff series that were absolutely awesome and they to me they put the nba back on the map and jordan just took it to a different level as kind of what would be the and, hottest? We talked about the Heisman Award. Wait, now, what did Mr. Huggins can answer this question probably. What's the hottest uh, Heisman Award autograph right now you think going would be the best one of the lot financially? Boy. Um, Niall Kinnick's right up there. And then maybe who? How about Scott Blanchard or Glenn Davis from Army? Did, Niall of Kinnick. No. You, you, need to have a, you need to have a supply of the items in order to really I track the, you know, if you ha- if it's so rare, it, it, it's sometimes hard to track what the real value of it yeah. is. I mean, the, Ernie Davis would a be a tough one. He's deceased. Yes. Yeah. 
I would say Ernie Davis and Niall Kinnick, if you have their signatures, both of those would sell. You know they'd go for a lot right now. How much? You're right, because there's not a, that many that, that have been out there to really judge it. But you know those two would be big because they passed away at such a young age. Boy, that Ernie Davis, talk about a guy who got – he got picked first too, didn't he, John yes, Drummond? He and, and then he, he never could even play, and he passed away so young. So, yeah, really – uh, quite the tragedy, that's for sure. But they had like Blanchard and Davis, the touchdown twins from Army, were so big during the war that they're deceased now. Uh, Doc Blanchard and Glenn Davis, I thought they might be pretty. They both won, I, like, had, they yeah, both, they, both won they, awards. I wonder if, if there's any that the two of them signed together if they were yeah, picked. Because they I always seem to touchdown like, twins. You yeah. Hear, yeah, you hear about them together all the time. That would yeah. seem to be an, a real neat dual one. Did, did each one of them win the Heisman? Yes, they did. Uh, they did, yeah. Yeah, one in 45 back and the other in 46, or... I think, yeah. Glenn Davis it was, was – I've got to print it up here. Glenn Davis was second in 44, second to Doc Blanchard in 45. Glenn Davis won it in 46. So, so they won in back-to-back years then. Okay. Yes, they did. That, that Army was very dominant. And I, I remember as a kid growing up, that's all you, uh, you heard about as far as football. The touchdown, Blanchard and Davis, Mr. Inside and Mr. Outside, they called them. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. They're not, I thought they'd be pretty hot properties, but maybe not then. As you Do say, you know how long if they, they signed lived, together, that would God? be dynamite, but not without it. Do you know how long they lived? Well, Davis, Blanchard was a, never played pro ball. He went in the Air Force and retired. And Davis uh, played with the Rams, but he wasn't the same because he spent a lot of time in the service. And uh, by the way, he also had an affair with Elizabeth Taylor, also which helped a bit with Glenn Davis. But when they died, they they lived. To, Davis lived to a ripe old age. Let's put it that way. I think by that, by ripe old age, I think he was in his eighties when he died. I don't know. About Glenn Davis right. had a had an affair with Elizabeth Taylor. I, I'm sure they did. Yes, they by oh, affair. Wow. I don't mean necessarily had to be intimate, but they were always seen photographed. They were going together. Okay, they thought that yeah. would be they're going to get married. It never happened. Oh, I never heard that story. Maybe no, that helps or not. I don't know Davis or not. But. You learn something every day, John, especially when John Drummond's on the show. We're always learning things. That's why I it's so much fun that. having you on, John. All right. <laughs> well, we're already at the end of the show. Now, this is one of the all-time records for the fastest-moving show ever. <laughs> but uh, we're on now every Saturday from 7 to 8, and you can check out Huggins and Scott Auctions. Hugginsandscott.com. There's lots of previews up already for the items for their summer auction. I've got things on tcrowntom.com. I have a Huggins and Scott page, things that I've sent to there, and that we'll be adding on every day. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Nancy Huggins and John Drummond and Tyler Aki. Have a great week. Take it easy, gentlemen. All right, thank you. Okay.